0: Well, thank you again to all of those who have helped to put our service together. For Sally Ritterbush, who was our liturgist this morning. Uh, for Derek Simons, who offered our special music. Uh, for uh, Melody and our Children's Time. Uh, for Gary Brubaker and our Praise Team, who've been handling our music selections. And uh, for, uh, gosh, just so many people who've been helping to put things together. It's so greatly appreciated uh, as we offer these services uh, to you, to our community, um, and around around the world even. So thank you for the ways that you've offered your services and support. And if you're interested in helping in any way or offering anything, please let us know. We're happy to help you figure out how we make that happen. Um, So you can tell us what you'd like to offer and we'll help you figure out how we do that. So um, thank you again for all of those who've helped. Now we are closing out our uh, series on prophetic imagination this morning. Um, And we're talking about, we've been talking about how we see the world as it is, and yet also what it could be, how the ancient prophets speak into our modern life, what's our prophetic imagination. So we began this looking at uh, lamentations and talking about lamenting and grieving. Last week we looked at Ecclesiastes and wisdom and what's the meaning of life. And so today we'll talk about what could be as we look at the prophet Jeremiah. So, would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, well, a couple years ago, I attended a, a conference, which is one of my favorite conferences that I'm going to, that I always go to, um, and this year, things will look different as they are in most places, but it's the story conference. Uh, and Brad Montague uh, has always been one of the presenters and one of the speakers at this conference. Brad Montague is um, the person behind KID President, um, it's October, many other creative projects. Um, and a couple years ago, uh, he opened the conference, I believe, with this speech about what the future will be. Um, and I was so captivated by it and moved by it. Uh, and I was in charge of uh, our worship annual conference, and our theme happened to be Back to the Future. And so um, I, I talked to Brad and I said, Can I use this? for our annual conference. Um, And he was like, yes, absolutely. Um, And so he sent me the full script. And then he said, it's probably going to be in a book somewhere. So don't share it like publicly with people, or at least like not the script. Um, And I was just so, um, so moved that he was just so willing to share his words and his thoughts and his ideas. Um, And this this whole talk just moved me um, as he talked about what the future would be. So um, he wrote this, uh, and I'll share a little bit of it with you um, from someone coming from the future back to tell us a little bit about what's going on. Uh, So this is from Brad Montague, and he says, Kindly disregard if you don't want any spoilers, but in the future, many things will happen. You're going to talk. You're going to say words, lots of words, some of you more than others. Sometimes you'll say things that you really regret, like yes, or no, or I think I'll post all of my political feelings in capital letters on the internet. There are, however, a few things in the future that you will say and will never regret saying things like, thank you, I love you. And meow's it going? This is something that only uh, to be spoken to, to, to something later. You'll learn this. You'll become aware of how best to use your time. And one of those ways is speaking kind words to people, animals, and even yourself. You see, in the future, you're going to think a lot of things. You'll think about your life and how you live it. You're going to think about dying and about your tombstone. You're going to say, well, maybe I want something really impressive I've achieved or a statue or a monument built in your memory. But wisdom will prevail and you'll realize that really the highest compliment that anyone could speak about your life is, or any human's life or legacy, would be Dogs and children loved this person. So you'll ask your family to put this on your tombstone. However, your family will realize that letters on tombstones are really expensive. And because of this, they'll go a much cheaper route, and your headstone will just say, lived. You're likely disappointed to hear this, but I do hope you realize that's a pretty amazing life to aim for. A life where you lived like really lived. And some of you really will. I've seen the future and it has many things in store for you, including are you ready food? In the future, you will eat food. Some of you sometimes will even pause to enjoy it. It's been said that when it comes to food, if you have it in your fridge, clothing on your back, and a roof over your head, you're richer than 75% of the world. You'll realize how rich you are, not just in ways like this, but with the massive gift of time that you have. There's so much that you can do with a life. The building blocks are all right there in front of you. The future is packed with moments, breaths. Heartbeats. I can't tell you how many, but I can tell you this. You're going to have moments. Shining moments and moments which feel less shiny. Some moments you'll not be proud of. There are moments where you chase after success and not love. Moments where you listen to applause more than people who you hold dear. Just please, I beg of you, be aware of the moments where you forget to be in the moment. This all goes by so fast. You'll wanna hit pause, but you can't hit pause on time. It's just not possible, I've tried. I can only move forward in time and it keeps moving. There's something you can do, pause yourself. Delight in your dazzling life moving forward in time. As New Year holidays roll around, some people will say, punch the New Year in the face. Show it who's boss. Not you. Why? Because you know that time is not something to be conquered, but be experienced. Now that's only part of Brad's talk about the future, and there's a little, uh, some spoilers in there, more than what was already shared. Ways that we see the future. And, you know, I thought about this talk that Brad gave, and. And I was talking with uh, some colleagues and some friends just about, you know, this, this time that we've had of uh, being apart um, and worshiping in different places and in different venues. And, um, and we talked about sermons and we talked about what we say. And, and we all said, you know, a lot of things just don't seem adequate right now. And there's this, uh, this this tale that's told that preachers only have three sermons that they ever give. And so we laughed and we talked about that, about what we thought our three sermons were. And you know, one of the sermons that I feel like I give all the time and I just, well, I never get tired of it, is talking about hope. And I think it's because we are told so many times around us not to have hope. And that seems silly, right? Like we all want to have hope. We all want to believe in something um, and, and we want to believe that God is with us and, and we want to have hope. but there's so many places that we're told don't have hope, that we might be told you should be afraid. or you're not enough. Or maybe you're not even loved. And that can come from so many places. It can come from watching advertisements. It can come from uh, people who don't love and support us. It can come in so many different ways. And so even though it feels like, gosh, of course, we all believe in hope, that there's just times when we just feel so crushed. So I think if there's one thing we can never hear enough of, it's hope. And hope is used in a lot of ways. Um, Sometimes we talk about hope in like limited capacities, like I hope we have pizza for dinner or I hope the sun is shining. I mean, that's a sort of limited view. And sometimes hope is wishful. I mean, you know, I hope I'm happy. Oh, and sometimes there's that coercing hope, like where, I hope you heard what mom said. There's lots of ways to talk about hope. But when we talk about hope, especially in our faith, this hope is is deep and it's lasting. It's not temporary, but it's eternal. And it's full of love, of joy, of worship, of peace. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom. It's not coercive. It's not temporary. It's not wishful. It's deep. And sometimes this hope might be hard to imagine. Especially this year. I mean, 2020 has been disappointing, and that's probably putting it mildly. A few weeks ago we talked about lamenting and grieving. And there's certainly been a lot to grieve and to lament. And there it's so easy to just get lost in that disappointment. And sometimes that disappointment turns into anger, which can turn into rage. But ultimately, I think that disappointment is because of our grief. And so sometimes it can just feel like we're drowning in disappointment or, or even hopelessness. Right? But what happens when you step out of hopelessness? When you go from one place into another but you're not quite there yet. Like, you know what this is and then there's gonna be this, but what happens in between? How do you get there? What do you do? Where even are you? One of the ways to talk about this space in between is this liminal space, not here, not there, And that can be sometimes a really uncomfortable place because it's unknown. And so it can be very scary living in this liminal space. Now, it's one thing to say you're just passing through. But when it feels like you're just there, like all year or maybe longer, what will be? And how do I get there? How do I imagine what the future looks like? We've talked about that here at the church in so many things. As we've talked about planning for so many future events, we've thought about, well, probably not every option. We've talked through so many different ways of doing and being. What if this happens? Oh, then we can do this. Oh, what if this happens? Then we'll do that. And planning one event turns into planning about 27. It's tiring, it's exhausting, and you've experienced that yourselves, not knowing what the future will be. But there are a lot of people who are dreaming and imagining what the future could or should or will be. And there are many of us who are working on building that future, what we dream, what we imagine, and then building that and making it possible Our scripture lesson comes from the prophet Jeremiah, Um, and uh, Jeremiah was a prophet as a very young man, and it was not the best time in Israel's experience, although for most of the prophets, that's true. Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet um, because he was great at lament and great at expressing his laments. Uh, He's attributed to having written the book of Lamentations also, And Jeremiah was grieving over the situation of the world. And whether it was caused by the actions of the Israelites or done to them, it was full of grief and lament. And yet, that's not where Jeremiah stayed, was in this grief. But he looked at the future with hope. Whatever the present looks like, That's not what it'll be forever. Plans for welfare and not for harm. A future with hope. That means that not only is hope there around the corner, but there's a future. Just by saying that there's a future, it means that you already have hope. It's not been extinguished. It's not gone. You're not hopeless. By saying that there will be a tomorrow, you already have hope. Now, if you can't see anything past today, well then, we're truly hopeless. But saying that there's a future means that you have hope. Alexander Hamilton um, was famously or infamously killed in a duel uh, with Aaron Burr. And on the day of the duel, as Alexander went to go and duel with Aaron Burr in the wee hours of the morning, he had a lunch appointment that afternoon in his calendar. Even though he was going to this place where he knew what the possibilities could be, you still had hope for a future. You still saw a future. That's still hope. Now in this liminal space, this between here and there, it would be so great to have a map, like to tell us this is the path that you take. This is what you need to do. To have someone like Brad Montague come from the future into the past and say, guys, I got this, here's what you do. Oh my gosh, that would be so great, but here's what that means. A map tells us that someone has been there. And so if someone comes from the past into, or from the future into the past, they've already walked it. A map tells us where we've been or where someone has already explored or been. What happens when you are the map maker? when you're walking that journey, when you're in that space, when you're the one who will be coming from the future into the past, when you're a map maker, and following the Holy Spirit's guidance. Now, following the Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, y'all, it is risky. Some of you know this for sure. When God calls and the Spirit says go, it can be so risky and dangerous. And sometimes we just don't. And so we think staying put is safe, but it's not. There's risk in staying put also. There's risk in anything and everything. But we're not alone. When you search for me, you will find me, says the Lord. Barbara Brown Taylor, who is a Christian author and speaker, uh, was invited to speak, and she said this was the topic given. What's saving your life right now? I ask this question in a lot of different ways sometimes. What's saving your life right now or what's giving you life right now? Where are you finding hope? Every day a friend of mine asks, where did you see love today? And sometimes we need to see it first before we can be it. So where did you see hope today? Feel free to share that in the comments below. We'll share some pictures from some folks um, after this of where people saw hope. Where have you seen hope? Now, where can you be hope? You've been the map maker, offering the map to someone else, or the hope bringer, sharing hope with others, this hope that's not temporary but eternal, this hope that comes from a faith in God, and a grace that carries us through in ways that we can't, we can't understand. And yet we try and imagine because we believe that we have a future with hope. God has shown us that God will be with us always, everywhere in the scriptures. God has pursued us from the beginning of creation. God will never give up on us. may we never give up on God and what God's doing even when things get hard, even when we're disappointed, even when we're caught in between or in the liminal space. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. And this isn't a wish or temporary, but full and deep. Wishful hope is empty, which is not the hope that God has for us and that we have in God. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you into exile. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. A future with hope. May we hold on to this promise. May we build our future with hope. May we share our hope with others. Where have you seen hope today? Where have you been to hope today? Amen.